Welcome to the Bearded IT Dad Podcast, where technology meets career development. Join us as we talk with industry experts, get advice and insight about their expertise and real-world experience in the information technology field. Have to learn to learn on your own. The number one thing you can do to get out of the help desk or out of any entry-level position is be exceedingly good at your current position. The elephant in the room, right? Money is obviously a, a certain barrier and roadblock, but I would charge and, and, and argue against that. There are so many resources out there available for free on the internet. From starting your IT journey to advancing your career, you'll get actionable tips and practical advice to help you succeed in this ever-evolving industry. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's dive into the world of IT. I constantly get asked all the time, I want to get into tech. Do you think I should go to college or should I just get some IT certifications? Well, the answer is likely not what you think. Today, we have Jason Dion of Dion Training Solutions, and we dive into some amazing tips on things you can do to increase your chances of landing that first job in the tech field. And really quick, make sure you stay tuned till the end, because we're going to be giving away some amazing training bundles from Dion Training during the video. So stay tuned, because all that and more is coming up after this. Welcome to the show, Jason. Uh, do you want to take a quick bit and kind of introduce yourself, who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Jason Dion. I'm the lead instructor at Dion Training. Uh, we are a uh, cybersecurity training company. We focus on training people in their cybersecurity careers, project management careers, and IT service management careers. So we teach a lot of courses around those. Uh, and then I also have a second brand and a podcast called Your Cyber Path, where I focus on helping people as they're trying to break into the cybersecurity industry. Uh, we talk about all things about you know career path and resumes and interviews and negotiations and all that kind of stuff to help people as they're moving through their careers into their first job and into their second and third jobs to hopefully have a career that they really love and want to do for the rest of their life. Awesome. So let's talk about uh, Dion Training. You know, what is Dion Training and what kind of resources do you offer to the community? Yeah. So Dion Training is a uh, company that I started about five or six years ago. And our goal is to be able to democratize cybersecurity training. Uh, we see that a lot of companies out there um, you can go to a boot camp, right? And you can go, Hey, I'm going to get my cybersecurity, uh, my uh, CompTIA security plus, right? And you'll end up paying $3,000 for a five day course. And that's just out of reach for a lot of people who are trying to break into the market. So what we've done is we've, uh, created a way that we can basically provide training at scale. So instead of having 20 people in a classroom where we have all that high overhead of an instructor and, and putting, you know, butts in seats and, and renting out a classroom and all that kind of stuff, we do everything as a video on demand asynchronous learning. So our students are able to log into our website. They can take our courses. Uh, the courses include things like videos, our study guides, our quizzes. Uh, we have hands-on labs that they do in the cloud-based environment, so they're gaining skills in a practical way instead of just memorizing information for a test. Um, and what we've seen is that you know our pass rates are 98 to 99%, whereas the traditional boot camp is 50 to 60%. So we're much more successful that way, and the cost is much, much less. So on our site, an average cost of a product might be about $350 uh, for a basically a, an equivalent of a 40 hour, you know, boot camp type course that provides you everything that boot camp would have that's $3,000. So we're a 10th of the price and we have much higher results. So that's kind of what we do is our, our whole goal is to try to get education and training down to a low cost so that everybody can afford it that wants to be in this industry and not be pushed out because of the high level of, of barrier to entry. 
Nice. Uh, that, that's, that's really amazing. You know, I'm all for, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't have a college education. Um, you know, and when I entered the field, I didn't actually even have certifications, but I'm all for lessening the barrier entry to get certified because I think certifications really go a long way in the IT career field. Um, and you kind of talked about it a little bit, uh, but let's, I would like to dive a little bit deeper on why you decided to start teaching what motivated you to start teaching in the, in this field. Yeah. So I've been in this field for about 25 years. Uh, I've been doing cybersecurity since around 1995 is when I had my first, you know, paid job in it and then moving into cybersecurity. Um, so I, I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I'm 42 now, so I'm, I'm not super old, but, uh, but I'm kind of, you know, middle aged and I've been doing this for a while. And what I've seen is that there was this trend, especially as I was coming up in the late nineties and early two thousands where everybody had to go to college. Everybody needed a college degree and it, it pushed out yep. a lot of people. Um, and then there was a time period before that where all you need was certifications. Then it became, you had to have a, a college degree. Then it became, you needed both. Nowadays it's kind of flip flopping around again. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that I started teaching this stuff was I had a lot of people who had the skills, uh, people like you, right? You know, it, you yeah. know how to do it, but, but you may not have had a degree or you may not have had a, a certification and a company would never even look at your resume because everything is automated now. And so if you don't have those special little keywords on your, on your resume, uh, you know, if the job description says, you know, security plus preferred or security plus required, and you don't have that, uh, you're never going to get in front of a human. And so you're never going to get a job, even if you are the best, most trained candidate. So, you know, you've been in Absolutely. the business for a while. I've been in the business for a while and, you know, when I got started, as long as you knew what you're doing, you can get a job. You didn't need a cert. You didn't necessarily need a college degree. Over time, that changed. And now we're starting to see a backlash against that as well. And so what we're trying to do is help people get the things they need to be able to get their job. Um, and, and, you know, that's one of the things I always tell me, my staff and I, we are very focused on what certifications we teach are only the ones we think will help you to get a job. Um, there are, you know, I'm sure you know this, but there are 1800 plus IT certifications out there. They're not Pokemon cards. You don't want to collect them all. Uh, it's, it's just it's ridiculous, right? There's, it would cost you a Absolutely. fortune. You do nothing but studying all the time, right? Um, but I've seen some people who have 20, 30, 40 certifications. I mean, I'm one of those people. I have like 20 plus certifications. But that's because as an instructor, I have to have the certifications for what I teach. But I will tell you, for the average person getting into IT, there's really about three to five key certifications you need. And if you can get basically the, the first three to five certifications, you'll be able to get a job making fifty dollars to $100,000 a year. And within five years, you're going to be at 100 plus uh, in the cybersecurity career field because that's just the way that it works. You speak so much truth there. I'm so glad you, know, you see it that way because, I mean, that's really what, what I'm seeing too. And, you know, um, I also see a lot of people kind of get fear of, oh, I have to have all these certifications to be able to even get a job. And I, I don't think that's the case. Yes, you, you need some of the key fundamental certifications, but I, I don't think – I believe you shouldn't start, you know, you shouldn't wait to start applying for jobs until you have like 10 different certifications. Uh, what, right. What's your thoughts on that? Exactly. You know, I, I'm a really big fan of getting a couple of key certifications and then start applying and then you can always upskill from there. But the hardest thing is getting your first job, right? Because I'll just tell you this as an employer, I don't want to hire somebody who has zero experience. I don't want to hire somebody who has zero certifications or zero degrees because that means you have zero skills is what I'm seeing on your resume. Uh, and so as as an employer, it's very hard for us to take a leap of faith and hire somebody who has zero certifications, zero degree, zero experience. Now, if you have you know a degree or you have certifications or you have experience, 
a lot of companies will take a chance on you. Um, but if you don't have any of those three things, even if you have the skills, there's no way to tell me you have those skills that is an outside third-party perspective. And that's really what it comes down to as certifications is you are proving you have a minimum baseline level of knowledge that everyone understands. So when you say, I am Security Plus certified, we know you know the basics of security. If you say, I'm A Plus certified, I know that you can tear apart my iPhone and replace the screen. And so if I'm hiring somebody to do that job, I'm going to hire somebody who has an A Plus because I know they can do that. Um, and the, the reason is, as an employer, labor is our number one cost. And if we get the wrong person on the team, it's very expensive to get them off, right? They're very disruptive to the organization. It takes a lot of time and money to hire somebody. And it takes a lot of time and money to fire somebody when they're not the right fit. And so a lot of companies, they'll say, you know what? You've never been in IT before, so I'm not going to hire you. And then people are like, well, how do I get in IT? Nobody will hire me, right? And you kind of get this, this catch-22 where they'll only hire you if you have a job, uh, but nobody will give you a job because you don't have any experience, so they won't hire you. And so you kind of get in this spiral. And one of the things I've seen that helps break people out of that spiral is getting a couple of key certifications because then the employer will go, yeah, you may not have the experience, but I'm willing to take a chance because I know you have at least this level of knowledge and I can build up on top of that. Absolutely. So, so much truth in that right there. Um, now I get this question asked all the time and I want to hear your, your response. You know, I want to be in uh, cybersecurity, but I don't know where to start. What do I do first? Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to cybersecurity, there's really two ways to break into cybersecurity. And this is the area that I see people get really frustrated a lot when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, people get really frustrated because they see these entry-level cybersecurity jobs. And I'm sure you've seen these too. When you look at an entry-level cybersecurity job, what does it say? Must have five years of experience, must have security plus, must have uh, CEH or pen test plus. You know, they have three or four certifications you have to have plus five years of experience. You're like, well, how's that entry-level if you need five years of experience, right? Have you seen that? Exactly. I, I, I love the entry-level jobs asking for a CISSP. I mean, those... Yeah. those yeah, you can't exactly. even get a CISSP unless you have five years on the job across two domains. Exactly. So nobody who's entry-level has that, right? But that's <laughs> exactly. one of the big issues in the cybersecurity world is that people see entry level and they assume it's entry level as in what we traditionally think of as an entry level job. So uh, on our podcast, Your CyberPath, my co-host and I, we actually spent an entire episode talking about what does cybersecurity as an entry level job really mean? And he uses a great example. He comes from the Air Force world and he goes, well, you know what? If you're going to be an entry level 747 pilot, it doesn't mean you don't already have a pilot's license. It doesn't mean you don't already have 2,000 hours of flying a smaller plane with a single engine or a dual engine. Um, that's what entry level means in that world. And cybersecurity is very similar, right? It's not that I'm going to take somebody off the street and I'm going to plug them in and put them behind the desk and they're going to start with zero knowledge. Generally, entry level in cybersecurity means you've already had two to three years of some other workplace experience. Most of the time, it's as a system administrator, a cloud administrator, or a network administrator. Because if you don't understand how those systems already work, how are you supposed to defend them, right? And, and so that's what it comes down to is if I take you with zero knowledge, it takes so much effort to build you up to a cybersecurity position. And that's one of the reasons why you see entry-level cybersecurity positions are seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year in a lot of places in the U.S. Um, I used to live in the D.C. area in Washington, D.C. An entry-level job there was eighty dollars to $120,000 a year. But entry-level meant they already had five years of experience doing something else. So what we always talk about is, you know, the, the two best paths into cybersecurity is really depends on where you are in your life. So if you're a brand new person, you just got out of high school, you just got out of college, what should you be focused on? Well, you should focus on getting some kind of an IT job, whether it's help desk, system administrator, network administrator, cloud administrator, something like that. And to get those jobs, generally you need to have, you know, one to two key certifications. If you want to be a cloud administrator, go get your AWS practitioner and your um, AWS uh, certified associate, right? If you want to be a network administrator, go get your CC. CNA. If you want to be an IT administrator, get your A+, get your Security+, and you'll be able to get a job with those things. 
And if you do that for two years, you're now going to have the the background to be able to apply to those entry-level cybersecurity roles and be able to work your way in that way. And that's kind of the traditional route. The other route that I talk with a lot of people, and we do a lot of work in in our Your CyberPath mentoring program for people who are already in a career, um, and they may be 30, 40 years old, right? So they're you know your age, my age, somewhere around there, and they've already got some workplace experience, but it's not necessarily in IT. And we've helped a ton of people take their existing experience, identify the transferable skills, get them a couple of key certifications, and then move them into a cybersecurity job. I'll give you two quick examples, right? Uh, one of them is I had somebody uh, just last year we were working with, she had a master's degree in marketing. She had 10 to 15 years of marketing experience, and she wanted to become a penetration tester and a cybersecurity analyst. Well, nobody wanted to hire her as a penetration tester because they look at her resume and they go, you've got a master's in marketing. You're not an IT person, right? And they started throwing her in the other bucket and throwing her away. And what we did with her is we redid her resume and highlighted all the transferable skills that she had from a marketing perspective. And she ended up getting a job with a company where she now works as a cybersecurity awareness trainer. So you know how most companies have the annual, you got to go teach everybody, don't click on the phishing emails, make sure you change your passwords. So she became the person doing that for a year. And while she was there, that company also had pen testing services. They also did cybersecurity analyst services, but they saw, Hey, you have the ability to translate weird and hard concepts into a very simple language and market that to our internal audience. So they hired her on for that. And at the same time, over the next 12 months, they trained her up into being a cybersecurity analyst and then a pen tester. And she was able to get to where she wants. And so we call that a two-step, right? You go from where you are to a job that's kind of touching cybersecurity, but not fully cybersecurity. And then you can get into a full cybersecurity job. And that's what she did. I had another person who's a bookkeeper. And if you happen to be a bookkeeper or an accountant, um, you have a lot of transferable skills that the cybersecurity industry wants. Uh, and you may not think that. You're thinking, I'm just an accountant. Why would I need a job? Uh, why, would, why would someone want to hire me? Well, there's this whole field in IT and cybersecurity called IT auditing. And IT auditing is nothing but checklists and bookkeeping and accounting and making sure everybody is matching up their security controls to what you think they're supposed to be. And so we've had students that come from that realm. And you know the thing with them is they can't afford to lose their, they're already making $80,000 or $100,000 a year as an accountant. They can't afford to go back to $15 an hour and work at the help desk for two years to build experience. So instead, right. they can go get a job as an IT auditor use that existing experience, those jobs tend to pay seventy-five dollars to $100,000 a year. They can do that. And then while they're there, now they're in an IT cybersecurity job. And after a year or two, they can move into that traditional cybersecurity pen testing type job they're looking for. So those are kind of the two ways that I've seen uh, most effective. And it really depends on where you come from, right? If you're straight out of high school, you've never had a job in your life, I'm not going to be able to help you with part two because you have no transferable skills because you're brand new. Um, and so right. instead, we've got to go more the traditional route of get you into the system administration, get you into network administration, and then move you over. But if you're already a professional, you've been in sales, you've been in marketing, you've been in accounting, all those things have transferable skills. Uh, for instance, I have a buddy who's a sales guy. And he got a job working for Splunk as a sales engineer because the way Splunk does all their sales to businesses, they have a salesperson and they have a technical person and they pair them up. And so over time, over a year, they trained him up and he went from being a salesperson into being the technical person. And so that allowed him now to be in that cybersecurity field and use that as his leverage to somewhere else. So there's all sorts of things that you may not think of like, oh, I'm a salesperson. I don't have the ability to work in cybersecurity, but all these cybersecurity companies, they all have sales teams. They all have business development teams. Go get a job with them. You'll be around cyber. You'll get that on your resume and then you'll be able to jump over to a true cyber job after. Hey, we'll get right back into the conversation here in a second, but I want to talk about something crucial. AI is reshaping our business world and the cybersecurity landscape. As AI speeds up our workflows and opens new frontiers, it also brings complex challenges, especially when it comes to cyber threats. These are becoming more sophisticated and the stakes are higher than ever. 
AI has created a new form of cyber threats and is lowering the bar for novice cyber criminals while increasing the potential pool of threat actors. At the forefront of this battle is Palo Alto Networks. They are using AI to combat these AI enhanced threats. With their cutting edge machine learning models, they offer near real time detection and prevention of cyber threats. From DNS hijacking to securing AI applications from the design phase, Palo Alto Networks is redefining cybersecurity. To accomplish this, they introduced Precision AI powered by Palo Alto Networks, a proprietary artificial intelligence system designed to enhance security operations across multiple dimensions. So if you're intrigued how AI can safeguard your digital space, head over to Palo Alto Networks and discover how Precision AI automates detection, prevention, and remediation with industry-leading accuracy. Okay, now back to the interview. There is so much knowledge and so much great detail and everything you just said there. I, I mean, I, and I get that a lot. I'm, you know, I get people coming to me and saying, Hey, I make $70,000 a year. I can't afford to go to the help desk. What do yep. I do? And it's just learning on how to transfer those skills because all skills in the workplace are transferable to IT in one way or another. You just have to understand what the people in IT are looking for and how you can tra- your skills can translate. Um, I think one of the biggest skills in IT that a lot of people don't still understand is your soft skills. First oh, of yeah. all, <laughs> your your ability to communicate and you know articulate what's going on to someone that might not be tech savvy. That skill is, I think, one of the most important skills that often goes underrated in the IT field. You know, a lot of people, I think when they think of IT, they think of a dimly lit basement that smells like old pizza and dirty socks. I mean, I still think IT has that stigma now uh, still, but um, gone are those days. No, IT is a frontline customer service position. Um, do you oh, mind guys definitely. talking talking a bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, soft skills is another area that me and my partner Kip talk a lot about on the Your Cyber Path podcast, because what we have found is that most of the time, we, we in that podcast, we're both hiring managers and we've talked with other hiring managers, we bring them in as well. And one of the common themes that always comes up is, you know, when I'm hiring somebody, I'm hiring 60 to 70% for their soft skills. The 30 to 40% is their technical skills. Because at the end of the day, I can take anybody and if they want to learn, I can turn them into a cyber guy, right? Or a cyber gal. It doesn't matter. Um, I have the ability to do that as a company and I can invest in them and, and, and teach them what I need to do in a technical well, in a technical way. But I can't teach somebody to be a nice person. I can't teach somebody how to get along with others. I can't teach somebody how to be persuasive. Um, and all of those things are things that are so critical. And even in, in a generic IT role, like a help desk or a service desk, 90% of what you're doing isn't technical. It's dealing with unhappy, irate customers when things are going wrong and they're having a bad day, right? And so yep. being able to work through those things um, is so much more important than the ability of you knowing where to go and click the buttons on how to change a password in a Windows domain controller in Active Directory. I could teach anybody how to do that in 15 minutes. It's not hard. Go on YouTube, search how to change password in Active Directory. You'll know how to do it. But, you know, being a nice person, being friendly, having, being a person that people want to be around, that is the harder thing. And so when we hire, we're always looking for personality and fit first uh, before we look at technical skills. And generally, you know, as, as your audience is going to apply for jobs, 
you have to write your resume in a way that makes sense based on the job description. And that's what we talk about transferable skills, right? If they're using words like talking about uh, accounting and auditing and bookkeeping, those words better be in your resume too, right? If they say security plus, you better have security plus in there. Um, otherwise you're not going to make it through the machine, right? Cause it always goes through a machine first with AI and ML, uh, sorry, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. And then oh, that's we'll fine. get down to a, a smaller stack, right? Um, for instance, when we put out a job, we might get a thousand applicants by the time the AI machine goes through it, we have 50 that we actually have a human look at. And out of those 50, we might interview three to five people. Um, and, and so that's just the name of the game, right? Is getting into that short list. And when we interview you, there's generally going to be two rounds of interviews. There's going to be a technical interview. Do you know your stuff? Can you explain things in a technical way? And a fit or cultural interview, which is all about soft skills that we were just talking about. And, and so it's important to be able to be prepared for both of those things um, in your interview process, because if you blow it out of the water in a technical way, but people don't like you, they're still not going to hire you. And if you, you know, do really well on the soft skills and they really like you, but you're not 100% technical, they may be okay taking you anyway because they know that they can train you on the things you're missing. Um, and, and so that's that's just something for people to be um, aware of as they're dealing with this. And, and think about, you know, soft skills are this critical thing that really people want to work with people they know, like, and trust. And so you want them to get that warm and fuzzy when they're interviewing you that you're the person that would fit in well in their team. Oh, ho, ho. It's giveaway time, everyone. So Jason has given us four bundles to give away to you guys today. Two ITIL 4 Foundations bundles and two CompTIA Security Plus bundles. If you're interested in entering these giveaways, the link is down in the description and you need the keyword search to enter. But when you're done entering these giveaways, make sure and come back and watch the rest of the video because we have so much more great advice to give you. So really quick, I kind of want to pivot here and talk about the ITIL 4 uh, Foundation Certification, which is one of the certification courses you we are giving away in today's giveaway. We're actually giving away two of these uh, ITIL 4 Foundations uh, courses from you. And uh, let's talk about what is that certification? Yeah, so this is one, uh, you know, when you reached out and said, hey, we, we'd like to partner with you guys. We're doing a giveaway. We would really like some stuff. Um, you know, I thought really hard about what do we want to give you for your audience that would really help them get across the hurdle. And the first yeah. thing that popped in my mind was Idle 4 Foundation. And the reason for that is most of the people are probably going, what the heck is that? Uh, or yep. I've never done that or whatever, right? And what you'll find is that if you're trying to apply for a large organization, anything that's Fortune 500 or above, if you don't have Idle, they're not interested in you. Um, what Idle is, is it's how do you do IT service management? It's how do how does the organization work? And what Idle teaches you is how there are 34 different practices and how we move across the spectrum to provide services. So if I'm going to work in a help desk, that is one little piece of this overall organization. Another piece is change management. So if I want to install a piece of software, that goes through the change management process. If I want to build a um, high velocity, cloud-based, elastic, uh, you know, infrastructure that can scale up and scale down that goes into the design aspect of idle and idle goes through all uh 34 of these things. And Idle Foundation is the first level of that certification. It gives you a good introduction to all 34 practices and basically how you fit into a larger organization. Um, the, the amazing thing is, you know, I started teaching Idle probably about eight years ago. Um, and what I started seeing was, you know, originally I taught it because there's a lot of companies asking for it. But then I started having a lot of my students who say, you know, I have my A plus, Net plus, Security plus. I've been applying for jobs for six months and nobody's hiring me. And then they went and got their idol. And the next week, people are calling them back and, and giving them interviews. And it was just, That's it was this amazing. thing that was just 
pushing them through the system really quickly because the companies go, oh, we respect this thing. We know this thing. Idol's been out since the 80s. It's now in the fourth version or fourth iteration of it. Um, but this thing is something that is well used and well documented across every single IT service organization out there. And so when they see Idol, they go, okay, you understand how you fit into this larger picture. And even people who are going in for cybersecurity jobs to be an instant responder, when they've got Idol, all of a sudden big companies were calling them and they're like, I don't understand why they were calling me based on Idol because I'm applying for an instant response job and that really doesn't have anything to do with Idol. It's like, well, it does because when you're doing instant response, you're working across the organization. You're working with the help desk. You're working with the change management, with the problem management folks, with the design folks, with the engineers, with the system administrators to make sure all that gets done. And so so when you speak idle, it is kind of boosting up your soft skills because you understand where you fit in the organization. Um, so that package that we're, we're, we're giving away for your, your, your folks, uh, we're giving away two full packages, and it's the same package you can buy at DionTraining.com. Uh, if you go to DionTraining.com, you'll see the package comes with all the videos, all the quizzes, uh, the study guide, the official textbook, the exam voucher, and practice exam. So everything you need to get certified. Um, and the great thing about Idle 4 is it's not a heavy lift. If you take this in an in-person course, it's generally a two-day uh, two course, 16 hours. Um, our program is about eight hours of video, plus the practice exams and the study guides. And so generally, I've seen a lot of students, they'll buy it on Friday, they'll be certified by Monday. And so it's nice. like, if you're getting stuck and you've been applying and applying and applying and nobody's calling you back, you may want to go check out Idle because that one little certification that you could do basically this week uh, can really flip the switch for you because there are so many less people who have Idle that when an employer sees it, it kind of stands out because everybody's got Security Plus these days, right? Uh, if you're going to be in IT, you got to have Security Plus, right? Uh, it's just I, whether you're an IT system administrator or a cybersecurity person, that's like the baseline everybody's looking for. But having Security Plus plus Idle, it kind of just pulls you out of the the forest of these thousands of candidates. They go, ah, you're one of the 20 who has this. We're going to put you in this smaller group to look at. And so I've just been amazed at how it's pulled people into this interview process. And you may go through it and think, you know, man, this is stupid. It's, it's, it's garbage. It's BS, whatever. Uh, I've had a lot of students who say that after they take it, they're like, man, this just seems like a lot of definitions and a lot of theory. And, and it's like, well, once you get into the real yeah. world and start working with it, you'll see it. And it's just being able to understand how all that works. <laughs> exactly. You got to have those skills and, you know, and, and you, I really like what you're saying. And, you know, what I tell everyone is certifications, none of these certifications will land you a job, but they'll open the doors right. to that interview opportunity. So you can actually have an opportunity to show your skills. And, the, you know, this certification could be the difference between being able to get that a chance to have an, uh, you know, an interview with a company. So absolutely. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, the security plus is a hands down certification. If you're going to be in the cybersecurity field in any facet, you need the security plus. I mean, it's just almost yeah. a given. And, you know, many, again, many employers won't even give you the time of day if you don't have the security plus, which is another great course that you are actually giving away to. We're giving away two of those here during the holiday giveaway, which is, Amazing and fantastic. Thank you again for doing that. Yeah, um, and the, the, the Security Plus course that we're giving away, uh, obviously it's all the same stuff, right? You're, you're still going to get all the videos. You're going to get all the quizzes, the practice exams. You're going to get the official textbook. The thing that we have in the uh, CompTIA courses on our site that we don't have in the IDLE courses is hands-on practical application. And this is another area that people always say, you know, how do I get experience if nobody will hire me? Well, one of the ways you can get experience is doing labs. 
being in a hands-on environment where you're touching the software, you're doing the actual work that you would do. So for example, in the Security Plus course, right, uh, we have a lab in there where you're going to go in and do Nmap scans. So you're scanning the network, you're finding out what's there, what ports are open, what ports need to be closed, and then identifying the vulnerabilities. We have another one where you're using OpenVOS, where you're going through and scanning the whole network and finding all the vulnerabilities and then figure out how do you solve those. We have other ones that do um, password cracking, so you learn how to do that. And all these different things so that when you go to an interview and somebody says, hey, have you ever used Wireshark? You'd be like, oh yeah, I did. I used Wireshark and I looked at how an FTP connection happens and I could see how all the traffic was going back and forth in the clear because it's not secure. And how would you solve that? Well, we would put a VPN tunnel or a TLS tunnel and therefore we'd make sure we have encryption to make sure people can't see it. Um, but being able to have that hands-on experience and talk to that in an interview really gives people a comfort level when they go, okay, you're brand new, you have no experience, but you did get a certification and you've spent 40 hours in this hands-on lab environment. Um, you actually have a little bit of skill behind you now, even though you didn't have a J-O-B job. Yeah. And, and, you know, I can personally attest to that because when I went for interviewing, when I was first getting into the IT field, I talked about my home lab. I talked about, you know, I, I'm a networking guy through and through. I, I, I built my own Cisco lab. I went out on eBay and bought equipment and did my lab that way. But I was, I was telling him and I was talking to the guy. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was, I was messing with the config and I took down my home network, but you know, my wife started yelling at me and I, fix it really quick. And, you know, it shows that you have at least some familiarity. You're not going to be like a deer in the headlights when you first, you know, sit in front of the command line. Uh, you're going to have, you know, some experience, some hands-on experience and know your way around. So labbing, labbing is key in this field. Um, you know, building a home lab oh, yeah. somehow virtually, physically, whatever. I think that's the best way to actually use the skills you're learning and actually, you know, prove to an employer that, yeah, I, not only did I learn this, but I actually have done it before. So absolutely. yeah. And when it comes to labs, really, you know, the way I look at it is there's really a couple of different ways you can do labs, right? One is you can do exactly what you did. And that's what I did when I started out too. When I went to go get my CCNA and all that kind of stuff, I was building out physical labs. I bought, you know, old routers and switches, hook them all up and then you, you can use them. Right. And then back in those days, we had, you know, three or four PCs that we turned into Linux servers and we would use that as part of our lab. Nowadays, though, it's, it's even easier because we have things like VirtualBox or VMware. Yep. And you can, you know, I have my MacBook here. I have a MacBook Pro. It's got, you know, eight core processor. So I can have eight virtual machines, each with their own dedicated processor and run that nice. as my server environment and just attack against it. Right. Um, and then the other way, which is what I really recommend a lot of students do these days is the cloud, right? You can go onto Azure or AWS and they will give you a year free of a lot of their different services. Go in there and get used to it. Build your lab environment in the cloud because a, there's no cost for you because it's free. Um, they'll give you 750 hours per month for free, which is basically, you know, one machine, 30, 30 days, the entire, the entire day, 24 hours a day. Day, or you could break that up into 10 machines and you have seven days of use, right? Um, and so you right. can do that. You can build out however you want to make your, your labs, your servers, you have Windows, you have Linux, you can make, make a mixed environment and then go in there and attack. In fact, with AWS, there's a program out there called SagCloud. Um, if you just Google SagCloud, you can go and run this script and it will basically build out the entire infrastructure for you as a big, vulnerable AWS infrastructure that you can then use as part of your penetration testing and learning those skills. So you can learn how to do Nmap scans and, and, and Wireshark uh, packet captures and, and, you know, set out and do all your OpenVOS scans. And then once you find all those vulnerabilities, 
take it a step further and be a cybersecurity analyst and fix all those things. Now, when you go to a job and you say, oh, you know, yeah, in my environment, I had this vulnerability and this is how I fixed it, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're really showing me you have value to my organization from day one. Um, and, and so those are kind of really the nice thing about those type of lab environments. The one downside to those three types of lab environments is that you really don't have any steps to tell you what to do if you're brand new, right? And so for right. a brand new person, it's really hard to get started. So that's why in our courses, we have the way our lab is set up, on the right side, you have the screen so you can access Windows or Kali or whatever we're using. And on the left side, there's a little panel that tells you step one, do this, step two, do this. And we walk you through step by step so you can go through the whole process. And you're using real machines and be able to do this. But then that gives you that basic entry level uh, knowledge. Then take it a step further and you should go out and set up your own AWS environment and do this on your own. But now you know the basics of the tools. But if you just try to do that from scratch, you get kind of lost because there's so much out there. and There's so many things to do. Uh, it becomes hard to, to get your feet under you. So much great information. If people want to go find more information about everything we've talked about, go find more information about your courses. Where can they go? Yeah. So if you are looking to join one of our courses, the best place to go is DionTraining.com. So it's D-I-O-N training.com. Uh, just click on the courses button at the top and you'll see all the courses we offer, which is we have all the idle courses. We have all the uh, Prince2 courses, which are project management. We have almost all the CompTIA courses from A plus all the way up through CASP, uh, including Linux plus and data plus and project plus is coming soon. So we've got about 30 courses total. Um, and again, pick the ones that are relevant to you. And so what I always tell people is, Go in your area. Um, so for instance, you know, I'm, I split my time between Puerto Rico and Orlando right now. If I was looking for a job in Orlando, I would go on Monster or LinkedIn, pull up the jobs in Florida and say, okay, what are they asking for? They're asking for security plus. They're asking for CEH, pen test plus, whatever it is. Once you see those uh, showing up on a bunch of job resume or job postings, that's when you know that's the one I need to get, right? Um, there are, like I said, there's a million different certifications out there. Some are better than others. And some are more recognized than others. And really what you want is the ones that are showing up more often. If they're showing up on the job posting, that's the ones you want to go for. So don't get some random little brand new certification nobody's heard of. Get the ones that people know because that's what HR is looking for. And then the second thing is if you want to learn more about how to break into cybersecurity, how to do this, you know, hiring and firing and resumes and negotiations and interviews and all of that, um, our podcast at yourcyberpath.com has all of that for you. It's a completely free resource. And we talk all about the the, the troubles of trying to get into this realm and how you break into cybersecurity and then move through your career from there. Awesome. And of course, all that information will be linked down in the description for you guys to click on. Go check out everything that Jason has to offer. Uh, you are a truly an amazing resource for the community, for anyone who's looking. And uh, you have such great knowledge. Uh, I can't wait to have you back on the channel sometime. Thanks. It's great joining you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in. Until next time, take it easy. Thanks for tuning in to the Bearded IT Dad. We hope you found today's episode helpful and informative. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to rate and leave a review as it helps more people find the show. If you want more of the Bearded IT Dad, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for additional career tips and IT insights. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms for updates on new episodes and exclusive content. Until next time, keep learning.